The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the 8th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is from John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36, and can be found on page 1663 of your Pew Bible. John records, To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I was reading my sermon here today. I was, earlier, I was wishing that I could channel the voice of my very German maternal grandfather, August Schluter Henning. Some people called him Gus. I called him Grandpa. He had a very commanding voice. And I could almost hear him saying some of these verses and these lines with uh, just emphatically, the way that only that he could too, but he got your attention. In today's gospel, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And Reformation is about truth. Reformation is not change for change's sake. Instead, it is change in order to comply with the truth. That is because Jesus said, and we take him at his word, that the truth will set us free. It will make us free. Now the problem is this, that our enemies do not want us to be free. Therefore, they fight the truth. Jesus himself said this about the devil in John 8, 14. He said, the devil was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. 
Now, there are many, many ways that our enemies can lie to us. And I once heard a story. It's just a story. But all, nonetheless, it could have happened. Probably did happen. And you'll see why. You know, there's a reason when you go to the airport and you hear over the system, the PA system, it says, do not leave your luggage unattended. Have you heard that? Anyone's been to the airport lately? Do not leave your luggage unattended. If anyone asks you to watch some luggage, report them to airport security immediately. And this warning is repeated about every 15 minutes or so. It's kind of like, okay, I got it. I got it. Some people don't get it. So the story goes like this. This husband had to use the washroom, so he let his wife be in charge of their luggage. And when he came back, he noticed several extra pieces of luggage. Uh, honey, what is the extra luggage, he asked. And she replied, oh, well, this nice young man... He asked me to watch them while he returned to his car to get the rest of his luggage. He was so nice and kind and polite that I just couldn't say no to him. Well, the man immediately contacted airport security and they hauled the luggage away. And they also detained the couple for questioning. And the officer explained that the explosives found in the luggage could have killed many people. And the woman responded with the words, Well, that just doesn't make sense. He was such a nice young man. She was willing to believe that the terrorist was telling the truth just because he was so nice to her. When children are young, we tell them, don't talk to strangers. Don't take candy from strangers, except for Halloween night. Don't go anywhere with a stranger. Adults don't need help from little children. No matter how nice the stranger may seem, he could be dangerous. And for some reason, we forget all of that when we get older. You see, feelings and emotions are deceptive. If you were to ask a youngster why he or she is misbehaving, it's possible that you were here, I don't know, I just felt like it. Sometimes unfaithful spouses will protest. When they get caught, how can it be wrong when it feels so right? I'm not sure the source of this. It might have been Hugh Hefner who said back in the 60s, early 70s, if it feels good, do it. You heard it. If it feels good, do it. How many times have we seen people get into all kinds of trouble because they followed their feelings instead of their common sense. Emotion. It might be a good guide to truth in fiction, 
Anyone watch uh, NCIS here? Anyone watch that? There's a character, uh, Leroy Jethro Gibbs. I see some of this going on. Well, Leroy might be able to trust his gut on NCIS. You know, Luke Skywalker might be able to reach out and trust his feelings, just the Force and all that, and Star Wars. But in real life, in real life, emotions are not a guide to truth. You can look on the internet and whatever search engine you prefer, you can search the gospel according to John, and if you ask the right question, it'll reveal that Jesus talked about truth about 21 times in just that gospel of John. Interesting enough, not once did he say that our salvation depends on our feelings. Not once. And a word to those listening, if you want a religion that is based on feelings, Jesus is not for you. In today's gospel, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus established Christianity based on truth, not on feelings. According to Jesus himself, we know the truth when we abide in his word. That is the Bible. Now, Martin Luther had the same thought when he stood before the Holy Roman Emperor Charles V and the representatives of the Pope. You see, these authorities demanded, they demanded that Luther recant his writings. That is, they ordered him to take back what he had written. And they threatened to punishment. Maybe, most probably, to kill him if he didn't retract what he said and what he wrote. And we know through history that although Luther knew that he might die, despite that, he proclaimed his loyalty to God's standard, the holy teachings of Jesus Christ, as found in the Bible. And when the assembly asked Luther to recant, he said this most famously, Since then, your serene majesty and your lordship seek a simple answer. Gotta love Luther. I will give it in this manner. Unless I am convinced by Scripture and by plain reason and not by popes and councils who have so often contradicted themselves, my conscience is captive to the Word of God. And to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. I cannot, I will not recant. Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me.
Martin agreed with Jesus that the only source of saving truth is Scripture, the Holy Bible. Martin Luther believed that God gave us our reasoning ability and that we should use it. And we should use that reasoning in service to God's Word. And it is in this way that God would give us the truth that frees us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. Martin Luther did not care what popes or councils said. Instead, he would depend on the very word of God. Now, the Reformation means that we do not elevate God's service to us by how nice the pastor is. We do not elevate God's service to us based on how happy it makes us feel. Instead, we do what the Bereans did in Acts 17.11. Now, and in parentheses it is the Jews in Berea, were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. What a blessing. What a blessing these people were to Paul. They did not elevate him by how happy he made them. They did not elevate him by how nice he was. They elevated him based on the truth of the scriptures. So what is What is the truth that we find in the Bible? The vision statement of Jesus Christ found in Luke 24 tells us to proclaim repentance and the forgiveness of sin in the name of Jesus. Repentance begins with the acknowledgement of sin. God's word says this. You said it earlier this morning. In 1 John 1, 8 and 10, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. In verse 10, if we say we have not sinned, we make God a liar and his word is not in us. These words... These verses teach us that if we say we have no sin, we have neither the truth nor God's word. And according to Jesus' words in today's gospel, that would mean that we are not free. Repentance continues as we learn that we are helpless to change our sinful ways. God's word says in Romans 8, 7, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. It also says in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, this is something that we've talked about in our Romans Bible study. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, Paul writes to the church in Corinth, 
No one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. These words teach us that the Holy Spirit must change us, for we cannot change ourselves. Finally, repentance looks to the promise of God contained in John's first epistle. In 1 John 19, he writes, If we confess our sins, this is the good gospel news, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Repentance tells the truth about sin. Repentance throws itself on the mercy of the Almighty God. Lord, have mercy on a sinner like me. Forgiveness tells us that God in his love has done what he has done to save us from our sin. God's word says this in Romans 4.25, Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. And again, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The gospel accounts are dedicated to, dedicated to the message of the life, of the suffering, and the death, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. With his suffering and death, we know that Jesus takes away our sins and he carries them to the cross. The sign of his resurrection certifies that our Lord's death was a total victory over sin, death, and the devil. In repentance, we have told the truth about our sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. And by the power of the same Holy Spirit, our repentance looks to God for relief from our sin. The proclamation of forgiveness tells us what God has already done to deal with our sin and declare us righteous in his eyes. The proclamation of repentance and the forgiveness of sins is the central message of the word of God. The same word that makes us into disciples, the same word that reveals the truth of salvation, the truth of salvation that makes us free. By God's word, the Holy Spirit works faith in us. That is the faith that Jesus Christ is the one who brings us unto eternal life. The word of God is the means by which the Son sets us free. And if the Son sets us free, if the Son sets us free, we are free indeed. 
only in the name of Jesus. Amen.